1: grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called Awake and it's all about the resurrection of Jesus. You can follow along with the notes and discussion questions for your own Bible study on the media page as seen at reallife.org. And here's a thought if you're frustrated with this season in your world. If you keep doing what you're doing, then you're going to keep getting what you're getting. That's why we are all under construction, maturing in Christ, learning to enjoy Him along this thing called life. The message today is called Under Construction. The Bible study begins now. Pastor Sean is teaching from Galatians 6 and put a marker in Romans chapter 6. It's time for Radio for Real Life.
0: Last week we started a new series called Awake, Living the Resurrected Life. We learn this simple truth. We learn that resurrection is not a doctrine to be learned, it's a life to be lived. It's not a doctrine to be learned, it's a life to be lived. It's not just about filling our heads with knowledge. Knowledge is good and it's important, but if we don't then do something about it, it's really meaningless. And this whole idea of resurrection is not a doctrine to be learned, it is a life to be lived is going to guide our series of conversations for the next number of weeks. I hope you'll be a part of that. And just kind of say, okay, I'm in. Because I, I look around this room, I don't see a bunch of people saying, okay, I want to waste like an hour and a half on Sunday mornings so I can check a box and, you know, feel good. I can call mom, yeah, I went to church. Now maybe for some of you that's very important. Your mom may be like a pit bull on that. Good for you. God bless you. But I'm just saying, there is something that God has for us. And remember the phrase the Apostle Paul used, wake up. And he used it multiple times, wake up. We sometimes just coast through on autopilot. Now, one of the things that we recognize is it's very easy for all of us to get into ruts, right? Change is one of those things that, that is a regular part of life, and sometimes I think we avoid it or we, you know, we try to kind of keep things just the way they were, and change is an unwelcome intrusion. But change just happens. We had a big change in our family this week, last week. If you saw the, if you saw the newsletter, you know, Ryan and Rachel had their first, a little girl named Olivia Lorraine. Oh, sweet little thing. hmm I don't have pictures to show you yet, but I will. I promise. Uh, it's just one of those things that your whole life is kind of changed because of this new person. Our family will never be the same. This little girl is a part of our family, and it's different because of that. You know, my life changed. There's a rut that I've been in as far as how I do certain things that yesterday I completely broke free. Yesterday I went out to the, the Valero Texas Open friend gave me some tickets. I went with another friend, and we kind of just hung out at the open. But the problem is we have Saturday night service, so time was going to be a problem. If I was going to get out and see even, you know, a few of the teams coming through, I was going to have to get out there and not waste a lot of time. Well, we're the primary transportation site right here, but it still takes a while for buses to get there. It takes a while to do that whole process. So a friend recommended this magical, mystical thing called Uber. Oh, milagro. It's a miracle. I, can't, I cannot believe it. There's all kinds of people with nothing to do but take me around whenever I want or wherever I want to go. I had no idea. It is awesome. We went to a restaurant nearby. This friend of mine, we met. We had lunch. We just used the app, okay? I did it myself. Uh, actually, when I was waiting on the ride, m- my daughter Lauren called me. I said, I'm waiting on an Uber ride right now. You're doing what? I hear her yell to Jonathan in the background. "Long goes, Dad's waiting on an Uber ride. She said, Dad, you're so hip. <laughs> it's like, welcome to the new millennium, Dad. It was awesome. Made a couple of good friends on the way there. Mike was a wonderful guy. He had a very nice truck. He drove us over there. It was great. I mean, it was just one of those things that, wow, I, my routine changed. My routine has changed. I will use Uber again. It is very cool. If you haven't tried it, check it out. It's kind of fun. There's a saying that, that, and I I think about things like this, if you you keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting what you've been getting. Isn't that true? If there's never any change, never anything that happens that's different, then you're going to keep experiencing the exact same things. Keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting what you've been getting. And actually, that's a tie to something very big in the Scripture that we call the law of the harvest, right? This is Galatians chapter 5. Excuse me, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Look what it says. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. It's this idea that some of these habits, these things we get caught up in, we have to understand we are sowing seeds. It's the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. And I think we sometimes get surprised. It's like, man, I want things to be different. I want change, but I just, it's not. It's not. It just keeps being the same, and we're not paying attention to the law of the harvest. Now, here's one problem. In the church, we talk about some, a beautiful, amazing thing called grace, and it is beautiful, and it is amazing. It is so amazing, they wrote a song about it, okay? Grace is awesome. However, I think sometimes we get the wrong idea. We get this idea that grace is somehow this blanket thing of, well, I don't have to deal with any of my stuff, Okay? grace protects me from the law of the harvest grace is a way to circumvent or or sidestep the law of the harvest i just want to say that is absolutely not true that is a deception that's why paul said do not be deceived god is not mocked whatever you sow you are going to reap i'll talk a little bit about that more in just a moment but that that's a very important idea this idea that there are consequences to what we do. And even though grace is beautiful and it's amazing, sometimes those consequences, you sow a seed, you are going to reap a harvest. I experienced that when I was, I was early 20s. And, you know, I was kind of doing my own thing. I was living on my own and uh, paying my bills, doing my stuff. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I got to where I didn't pay the IRS. You know, they're very understanding, those, those guys down there. And, and what was, you know, I filed my taxes because my mom had a CPA, and I used my mom's CPA, so I filed my taxes, and I, I did that, but I, could, I didn't have the money to pay them, so I figured I'll get around to it. They're like J.C. Penney, right? You, pay him, you just get around to it whenever, whenever you can, and you just pay them. Well, they let me know they're not, that they're different. Um, one day I get a call from my bank. A friend actually worked there, and he goes, uh, yeah, Sean, you got a bit of a problem. The IRS drafted your account. And there was, like, hardly anything in there. It's like, yeah, they I'm like, what? They, they do what? They can do that? Oh, yeah, that's they're the IRS. So they're nothing like JCPenney. I, I want you to know that. They don't even have sensibly priced products. Nothing. <laughs> they're, just, they're just the IRS, and they can draft your account. And I didn't have much money in there, but I did have checks written against that money. So these checks are... Boom, boom. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Let me just tell you, they got my attention. The IRS got my attention. And it was funny. The check fees on the little checks I wrote, because that was that day when you would still write checks for, like, the stupidest little things, you know? I'd write a check for, like, $2 for tacos, you know? you know, two, oh, I, I, I can afford this taco, I have a check, so I will, write, I will buy this taco, and, you know, you buy the taco. And so I had a bunch of little checks like that, out, and every time one of those comes in, I, I hadn't had this happen before, every time one of those comes in and there's no money, the bank's like, oh, that's great, $25, plus you owe the $2. And just boom, 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 I'm just like, oh my gosh. Well, I got that whole thing sorted out, and let me just tell you, it's never happened since. Isn't that interesting? It has never happened again. I've always taken care of Mr. IRS first, and then J.C. Penney. Here's what I learned. What was what was interesting in that time, because you know I'm praying, and and for me, I think the whole amount was probably five hundred dollars in my account, and you know it was just like it wasn't some big deal, but to me it was a huge deal. And I'm praying, Lord, help me out, help me out. And and the Lord did. He gave me peace. He gave me wisdom. He gave me some folks to help counsel me through that, and he allowed me to earn the money to pay it all. Clean it all up. And I learned something. I learned that the main goal is not, and it was never me escaping the consequences. The main goal was me growing and being different. That's the main goal. The main goal was never me escaping the consequences. The main goal was me growing and me being different. See, that's the difference between consequence and penalty. And I want us to be real clear on this. Because when it comes to grace, and when we surrender our lives to Jesus, because of his death on the cross, he paid the just and righteous penalty for our sin. And that is a beautiful thing. We go, Man, I've accepted Jesus. I am now in fellowship with Father I'm walking with him. I need to understand something. He paid the penalty, but his main goal is not that I would now escape consequences for stupid behavior or for sin. His main goal is that I would become different. I would grow, that through his power, through his spirit, I would mature and not have to keep going through the consequence of sin. Actually, consequence is part of God's plan. That's how it works. Consequences are part of the ways that God helps us to mature and be different and quit making the same hurtful mistakes over and over and over again. Are there any areas where you sit and think, you know, I'd really like to be different? Maybe you've thought about it. Maybe you've prayed about it. Maybe you've talked to the Lord. I really would like to be different. I'm tired of having my butt kicked by the same thing over and over and over again. I wish I were more more caring. I'd like to be more courageous or bold. I wish I had more wisdom. If only I had more self-discipline. I mean, you fill in the blank. I think all of us have those places where we just sit and go, man, I just, if I'm honest, if I reflect, I go, man, there's just things I see that I want, I, I want to be different. I know they don't honor God. They're not good for me. They're not good for those around me. I want to grow and be different. Well, here's, I think, some good news for us today. I don't think God wants us just to sit around and wish. I don't think we have to wish anymore. You know, some people say things like, well, you are who you are. Okay? A tiger can't change his stripes. There are those who say that. Let me just say God's not one of them. God is not one of them.
1: We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Under Construction, which is available right now on the media page at reallife.org, where you can also find ways to plug in, find events for your family, and meet new people. And if this radio ministry has been a blessing to you, then let us know. Maybe even consider a gift to support this effort. Again, just go to reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
0: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And now back to the message under construction. This is radio for real life.
0: In fact, Paul addresses this very specifically in Romans chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you might want to switch over there. Romans 6. There's going to be two passages I'm going to ask you to to go between. Romans 6 first, and then we'll go over to Philippians 3 in just a few moments after that. Romans 6. Paul has been talking about grace. And the amazing nature and how we're not saved by our works. That our works can't save us. The law can't do it. Our works can't do it. It is by his amazing grace and by faith in Jesus. But then in Romans 6, he kind of stops in the middle of his conversation and clarifies a point. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? In other words, well, I guess the more I sin, the more I am a testimony of grace, so I'll just go for it. I mean, we're not the only ones who kind of have weird kind of minds like that. Paul had to address, as he's writing, he's like, yeah, I don't want you to think that. Shall I go on sinning so the grace may increase? By no means. We're those who've died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That's what we're talking about, resurrected life. For if, been united, for if we have been united with him in, his de- in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who's died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. I want you to note those phrases. It says that we too may live a new life. Think about that. A new life. We got to kind of take off the church lenses if you have them. I mean, some of you guys are fortunate you know, if, if either you're a new believer or maybe you haven't yet kind of developed a relationship with Christ, when I read that, we may have a new life. You hear that, and, and you hear it for what it is. We church people who've been around a long time, we sometimes don't because we've talked about it so much. We've heard teachings on it. We've, we have named ministries after it. We've named, you know, hope centers and new life this, new life that, new life that. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, of course, new life. Stop and think about it. New life. Go up to a person, just an uninitiated person on the street who doesn't know anything about the gospel or anything, and say, do you know you could have a new life? And they might stop and well, excuse me? They might be very interested. We have to think like that. He says, we too. And, and we've heard it over and over and over again. When Paul's writing it to the, the church at Rome, they hadn't heard it over and over and over again. This was something striking, something interesting. And, and he says, The old self was crucified with Christ. You know, when we put our faith in Jesus, what he's saying is that old sin nature. God does a miraculous, powerful work of his spirit. And that old self is crucified. The penalty is paid, but the chains of slavery is also broken. Our spirit is made alive. Something is different. He says that last phrase, now if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. You see, this whole thing is about a radical life change. And I'm afraid in American culture, the church has been such a part that we've kind of become so watered down and we've so tried to be just like everybody else that we've forgotten a radical life change is available to us in Jesus Christ. And it's really good news. And it's filled with this presence, it's filled with power. It's something that God intended from the beginning. And I'm afraid we so often kind of just water it down that we miss it. You're taking notes, whether the paper notes in the bulletin, you can follow along and make some notes or, or on the app we have a, uh, at the river city app, there's a place where you can take notes and make some notes to yourself. Here's the big idea. I want you to write this down. The resurrected life awakens me to the reality that God is in me and he's making me new. It's very simple, but those are profound ideas. The resurrected life awakens me. Remember what Paul said? Wake up. I awaken the fact, wait a minute, the creator of the universe by his Holy Spirit is resident in me, the reality that God is in me and he is making me new. I'm not up left to my own devices. It's not just about me. It's not just about a new set of rules that I have the same old me has to try to do better and just keep trying to do better, maybe get God's attention by doing better. That's not at all what we're talking about. Paul says something happens in you, something different, something radical, something life changing. When you confess your sin and invite Jesus to fill you with His Spirit to come into your life and lead you, the resurrected life awakens me to the reality that God is in me and He's making me new. Now, listen, listen to what Paul wrote in Second Corinthians five, beginning at verse sixteen. P- pretty familiar passage, but I want you to see the the verse before it. There's a, a passage that we always quote, but the verse before it we kind of don't pay attention to so much. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. He's talking about because of resurrection. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. He's talking about totally something different, something new when we are in Christ. But look at that first sentence. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. That is something I think we need to pay attention to because I think we regard each other, and people who are in Christ, we regard them according to the flesh all the time. Really, we look at people, and especially those we know really well, and we kind of just say, well, you're always this way. And we peg them, we pigeonhole them, we label them, and we kind of look at them as, as, well, you know, you're like this. And we kind of just relegate them to this little slot, this little box in our thinking. And Paul says, we don't do that. We see people differently because they're in Christ they are not what they were they are not stuck where they are they are a new creation and God has the potential and the power and the intention to grow mature them and change them and so he says we don't look at anyone according to the flesh as though oh well it is what it is tiger can't change his stripes he says, we don't do that we see people as radically different if anyone's in Christ they're a new creation the old is gone the new has come that's powerful Interesting, by implication, we see others no longer according to the flesh, and we should see them differently. Maybe we should also see ourselves differently, because that's really the part that I want us to wake up to a little bit. Maybe we should see that I don't have to be the same person I've always been. I don't have to go and run around in the the same desert over and over. I don't have to go beat my head against the, the same brick wall, make the same stupid mistakes, and just go, Oh, well, I always do it. It's just me. Well, that is not a biblical idea. I don't have to sit and, and kind of wallow in the old labels. Well, you know, Sean, he's this. Well, he always, and it, it, well, it's always this. I don't, I don't have to do that. In fact, I shouldn't do that, according to what Paul's saying here. Because of Christ, I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And this is true for every single one of us. You may have people in your life who pigeonholed you, labeled you, and you may have even adopted those. You may have put those on like an ill-fitting coat and go, well, this is just who I am. And I want to say to you, it's just not true. If you believe anything about the scripture, if you believe anything about God's work of the spirit in you, this is just not true. You are a new creation if you're in Christ. The resurrected life awakens me to the reality that God is in me and he is making me new. Now, flip over to Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul. He's talking about his own life a little bit. He's talking about some of his own change. You remember what he said? Some people were boasting about their credentials, and Paul goes, wait a minute. If, if they can boast, I can boast. Remember what he said? he said? He said, you know, and he gives kind of his religious resume. I'm a Jew, a Hebrew, a tribe of Benjamin, circumcised the eighth day, a Pharisee. He was. He had studied in the best rabbinical schools. It said he studied under Gamaliel. Great, famous rabbinical teacher and so he's got i've got a pretty hefty resume as well if they have a right to boast i have a right to boast but then look what he says look where he goes from there you might be like well he's just like everybody else then he says now this is beginning in verse seven of philippians three but whatever were gains to me my resume my heritage my accomplishments my education whatever were gains to me now i consider loss why for the sake of christ What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In other words, compared to the worth of knowing Jesus, yeah, everything else, it's a loss. Forget it. Christ Jesus, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And these are the things that were most precious to him. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, belief in him. And then look at this. And it's almost like he he already said this, everything for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. But now he says, it's almost like he's writing and he wants them to know. If if you were talking to someone, you would, accident, accidental. Just still learning, still learning. It's almost like if he were talking to someone personally, at this moment he would grab them by the shoulders and just say, I want to know him. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Talking resurrected life. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings. Is Paul some kind of masochist? No, but he's saying, I'm going to leave everything behind and that's probably going to hurt. That's not necessarily going to be easy. There's going to be sufferings. Jesus himself suffered. I want to follow him. Participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Look at this. This is paul not that i've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal But I press on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me Brothers and sisters. I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. See, Paul has this hunger to be something different. And, And understand it's this idea of change. And you're like, that's the Apostle Paul. I know. He's literally sitting and writing scripture. This is not Paul before Jesus saying, wow, I heard about this and I want it. I want to change. This is Paul who is a follower of Christ. He has come to know Christ. He's filled with the Spirit. And he's saying, I press in. There's more. I need to know more. I need to grow.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Under Construction in the Series Awake, It's available right now on demand at reallife.org where there you can learn more about all the ministries like the private school River City Believers Academy, support and recovery groups and also get involved with outreach ministries which includes this radio program which is listener supported. If it's been a blessing to you, consider sending a gift. But of course you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15 if you'd like to call the church, the number is 210 490 5262. As Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.